you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 400. Uh, it's our 400th episode, and a lot of people are like, you should do like a clip episode, or a whole episode of Senior Abuelito from the first Nerdist Podcast. Uh, you know, 400 is a nice round number, but I think that's like a 500 episode thing. I like anniversaries and like the fives, so, uh, you know, maybe we'll do that for our, oh, what the hell, our fourth anniversary next year, or... Maybe uh, episode number 500. Uh, but this is a super fun episode. Before we get into it, though, I would like to say that I will be telling stand-up comedy jokes at Cobbs in San Francisco, September 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. Cobbs is a big room. Please come and fill it with your bodies. Was that too needy? I mean, pff, whatever. Don't show up. I don't care. Oh my god, I hope they didn't see how much I actually care, but I just wanted to pretend like I didn't. Uh, if you go to Nerdist.com slash calendar, you can get information on that. Also, thanks to uh, Sam Jackson and Bob Odenkirk for guesting on Talking Bad tonight. Next week, it'll be uh, RJ Mitty, who plays Walt Jr., and Betsy Brandt, who plays Marie. So tune in that AMC. It's 11 p.m., an hour after Breaking Bad. This episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. Um, hey, guys. Avoid time-consuming trips to the post office are you do you do you hate time or do you hate time to the, to the extent where you're like i just want to waste as much of it as possible well then in that case then you probably would want to stand in the post office but if you don't want to stand in the post office because you feel like time is precious and you could be spending it doing other things like talking to loved ones or um looking up different varieties of squirrels on wikipedia uh, which i actually did one day then for crap's sake Use stamps.com. It is easy. You're going to get official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer uh, 24-7. It's open all the time. Never closes. The Internet, that's the one good thing about it. Never closes. There's some other good things. Uh, I'll figure them out later. But uh, do all your mailing and shipping when it's convenient for you. Print out the exact postage you need, including priority mail, first-class mail, international mail, all for a fraction of the cost of one of those ridiculous postage meters. With Stamps.com, you save time and money. This is our special offer that we've been having for Nerdist Podcast listeners. No risk trial, $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale up to $55 of free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Nerdist. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code Nerdist. This episode is Maria Menounos, who you may know. Uh, she does some wrestling. She co-hosts Extra. Um, and she also has a movie coming out called The Adventures of Serial Buddies, which is at SerialBuddies.com. That is serial as in serial killer, S-E-R-I-A-L. Buddies as in la us, your buddies. And Maria is just a super cool Boston chick. That's not the good, I didn't do the accent right. I should just leave that to Myra. But anyway, uh, she's super cool and she happens to be uh, dating 
uh, actually dating is a not a strong enough term, a long-term relationship with my friend Kevin, who was a writer on Singled Out. So it was really awesome when he showed up, and uh, and then we all got to hang out. And, and then Matt, of course, uh, helped us all talk about Boston things. So uh, this was fun. This was recorded right before Comic-Con, and then we had a string of podcasts that were very time-sensitive. It had to go up, so now I, I can put this up. Uh, for the 400th episode of the Nerdist Podcast with our pal, Maria Menounos. Now entering Nerdist.com um, Maria Menounos. That's a weird way to pronounce it. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it, just, it just rolls off the tongue. Yes. You say it. Maria Menounos. See, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you, uh, I, I don't think we've ever met. Yeah, we have. Where did we meet? I met you somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but I remember meeting you with Kevin a couple years ago. Well, many years ago. Okay, like a lot of years ago. Where were but we? I don't remember where we were. But I remember meeting you because obviously Kevin's worked with you in the past, and you guys had like a little like yeah, reconnection. Kevin, you were like, "Oh, dude, hey." Kevin oh, was, hey. Uh, as as you know, Kevin was head writer on uh, MTV Singled Out, uh, which was a show that I apparently hosted. It's sort of a blur. <laughs> then it was in the 1900s. Uh, I would imagine everything was analog and operated by a series of knobs and steam and brass. Uh, but uh, but we did apparently <laughs> and pneumatic tubes uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jenny McCarthy is actually an automaton. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize yeah. that, that she operates on the steam from fart jokes. Well, then a vaccine might actually kill her. Okay. <laughs> well, well played. Well played. Uh, but, uh, okay, yeah, maybe we did run into each other a couple of years it was, ago. It was a long time oh, ago. Ten years ago. You were at ET, you, Fish Ladder. Oh, right. And uh, it was. He remembers everything. He's my memory bank. I don't remember anything. Holy shit. But I do remember that for his name. Yeah. But since that time. It's been a long it's time. It's been a really long time. <laughs> so congratulations on everything. Thank you. What's uh so you're working on a bunch of different stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. So just start throwing some things out. How then- big is Mario's uh, Apple box? <laughs> that he must stand on. Come on, Matt. What are you- <laughs> what? Mario How Lopez apps. How many half apps? No, it's. I think it's a full. I believe it's a full. I used to work at the Grove. I remember seeing it all the time. Mario was one. Of, Mario's, one Mario's one of those guys. That, yeah, Matt was a, at the Apple Store. I was. Oh, um, were you really? Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's why you're getting a slight level of condescension about Mario. Lopez. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what they train Did you have some bad thing. bad uh, instances with Lopez? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, that's well, just what they train go. you He's at the delight. Genius Bar. Oh, He's really? Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Just they train you yeah. a little bit. Of no the Apple Bar. Box. No Apple Box. Uh, Mario Lopez is one of those guys that you know. He was sort of the. The, the inside joke of my manager and I, like, I would get really close on something for years and I'd be like, you know, they're just going to offer it to Mario Lopez or Joe Rogan. Like, he, he was one of two guys that no matter how far in the host audition process you got, they were just going to offer it to Mario Lopez anyway. Hilarious. Or Joe Rogan. It sounds like you just need abs. <laughs> well, everything worked out fine now. But well, now. This, this was like, you know, this was like six, seven years ago. Is he, uh, is he as charming in person? Yeah. Lopez. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> seems like a nice guy. He is. He's a great guy. He just seems like a good guy. Is it weird to work at the Grove? No, it's awesome. Really? But yes, because so many... I can go to the Mac store every oh day God, and they can fix great. my problems. No, but there's so many people. You mean like, the makeup store next to Nordstrom? And, you know, like, I don't I know. know. I like people, though. I like people, but I feel weird. I feel weird 
shooting in public. I always feel weird shooting in public. <laughs> Yesterday, I was on the street in San Diego with a Jedi robe and an R2 unit <laughs> with two cameras pointed at me. Did you feel and weird? a tour bus pulled up and stopped, and everyone's waving. Yeah, <laughs> but in San Diego, that's kind of par for the course, right? Yeah, it was like, in three weeks, guys, it's all going to be this. <laughs> I know what you're saying, though. Like, if I have to do a stand-up, like, when I went to Boston after the bombings, and I had to do stand-ups in, you know, in front of like this memorial. It was really awkward and it's so hard. Everyone's staring at you. But it's different when we have this massive base camp at the Grove. There's all of our crew. Outdoor air We don't even know situations. anyone's there. So we're, we're speaking as if we are in a studio, which is really bad sometimes. Because I'm like, <laughs> I have no filter. I'm going to sure. say anything I'm thinking. And they're capturing it on their iPhones. And they're going to be posting it. <laughs> That's fine. Did, so. did extra send you out to Copley? Did they? Was it an extra thing you were doing? No. Well, oh, thank God! I didn't want to know their. Take I'm from on the Boston, bombing. right? I'm from Boston. So when it happened, me too. I was coming out of the VO booth, and my you know colleague was like, "Did you see this Boston bombing or Boston explosion?" And I'm like, "Hmm." And so soon after, we're seeing video pop up mm. of this explosion, and they're like, "Oh, maybe it's a gas leak." I'm like, "Guys, this is not a gas leak." And I'm like, I'm not an expert, but it's coming from underneath the stand. And I'm I'm telling you, this is bad. And so I called up my boss. I'm like, I have to go home. I have to be there. And so she was like, of course. And so I went home and covered every aspect of it because I just had to be there. So. Matt's, uh, Matt's, yeah. Matt's a Boston guy. Are you? Well. Yeah, from oh, Lowell. Cool. From Lowell. Yeah. I used to go to Lowell House of Pizza all the time. Oh, yeah? I'm from Medford, but... I used Greeks. to live in Medford, lot right off the Fells Way. Exit See? 33, guys. Come Me on. too. Well, why do you have such perfect diction? Uh, we both said, fuck it. That sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, I potty and I still have a wicked hot accent. If I drink, it comes out. If I'm drinking, yeah. if I'm tired, or if I'm home. Mm. The second I go home, it starts to come back. You're still Maria from the block. I'm still Maria from the block, yeah. (laughs) But um, the second I went on camera in college, it went away. Mm. And then it was weird. And then the second I'd be off camera, I'd be like back to myself. And then I'd be on camera and I'd feel like I had to be professional. And then eventually it just kind of stuck. That's interesting. I think that's sort of like how some British bands sound American when they sing. And you're like, you can't quite make out their accent. Mm-hmm. And then when they talk, they're like, all right, you pieces of shit. Hello, welcome to the... You know, like, they just yeah. sound American. Like, yeah. there's just something about the convention of hosting or singing or something that just, I don't know, it just sort of, like, streamlines it a little bit. It was but maybe you me. thought, where? Please explain something to me. I, I There was... A, and you don't do this, uh, but... But in entertainment, in entertainment reporting, <laughs> I, know where you're going. I think I think I think. <laughs> Hello, e, everyone. It's not even that. I I'm, I blame early E, and I think I can trace it back to Jules Asner. <laughs> no, I love the Eels. They were great. No, not E. No. Uh, it, but there's this uh, there's this cadence where it's like, tonight we're gonna be talking about this other thing, and then this guy, da, 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 and it ends like this. Derpa 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 derpa. That's Mary Hart. That's Patient Zero. That was she was Patient Zero. Yeah. So they were all. She was the head it was vampire on that. that did it, yeah. Okay, that was that was Mary yeah. Hart. Because you have to make it fun to be next to John Tesh. I guess <laughs> he's made out of fun. <laughs> he is made out he of fun. Tickles the ivories That's like true. no other. NBA and NBC theme still the best piece of music ever written. We taught our poodle to like dance her head. When I started at ET, I was so excited, and so we had this little poodle. She was quadriplegic, and Kevin taught her to to like you did dance her head to the song. So sweet, because we were so excited. And I'll tell you something funny. When I got to ET, I remember 
thinking like, I don't want to do this the way everyone else has done it. And so I remember being there and people, you know, producers trying to say, say it like Mary. <laughs> and I said, no disrespect, you know, Mary Hart's the goddess of entertainment news. I'm like, but I'm different and I'm going to say it the way I say it. And they didn't like it at first, but I had, you know, a natural delivery. I wanted it to sound natural and normal and like the way I talk. And so things kind of changed after that. You should, you should have said, no offense, Mary Hart is the queen of entertainment, but I'm going to say it my way. Yeah. Like, just to like drive the yeah, point Yeah, and home. I loved Mary. I still have dinners with her. She's amazing. But like even at that time, it was like you're wearing a suit and a skirt and your, your hair is chopped short. And I'm like, no, I want my hair long. I want to wear a short skirt. I want to be me. I want to be young and whatever. I'm, you hired a 22-year-old or you're going to get a 22-year-old. You're not going to get me wearing long skirts and acting like I'm 40. What was the struggle like between college and getting that job? That six month period. <laughs> I know. No, I was really blessed. Where'd you go to actually, Emerson? Did you get in the mafia? I went That's to Emerson. How, yeah, fucking yeah. Emerson. But kids. it was actually Kevin because I took um, the summer before my junior year in college. I went and worked on Kevin's movie. He went back to uh, back to Boston from L.A. Saved his money from MTV. Yep, that big paycheck. Which, if you, it, that was not an easy thing to do, considering. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. And cocaine and so was he was more making his then. movie and my cousin was friends with him and said you should work on this movie and so I quit my job. I was a makeup artist at Chanel at the time and quit my job and started working with Kevin on the movie. At the end I realized I wanted to change my major and I wanted to study film and so I added film to my thing and that uh, movie was Celtic of, Pride. No. One of the producers <laughs> wait he you knew him because he was on your show. Um, but anyway, he, one of the producers on the movie went back to LA and was working at this place called channel one news. And he said, he goes, Hey guys, they're looking for news anchors. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to be behind the scenes. I just want to produce. I loved producing this movie. And he's like, Kevin goes, are you crazy? He's like, you're supposed to be in front of the camera, you idiot. He's like, so he put together a reel and I didn't have any footage of my work from college. Cause I just wasn't like thinking like that. And so he put together a reel and uh, thankfully I sent a current headshot because I gained a lot of weight in college and they were like, we thought you didn't want the job from the video. (laughs) And so they sent me off for an interview. Kevin took me to Forever 21, got me my outfit, (laughs) helped me figure out what to wear. He's like, you got to wear something colorful. You got to pop. All right, manager boyfriend. That's weird. Take it. Take (laughs) it. We do forget because what did we do for Carmen and Jenny? All those years, especially Carmen, because Carmen didn't have Jenny's experience. This was all new to her. So we, Dean and I, had to go through all her clothes every week and like pick everything that first season. Right, right. Well, because so I had that experience. You got, you guys were because before MTV, it was basically, um, it was Prince was the guy who was right. doing Carmen's. her st- stuff for work and oh, and, that and her, um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's I guess that's right. So it was yeah. very organic to like to to. Having worked with them, it was very easy. Yeah. And then I got the job. I remember, Maria had more... Uh, she was a broadcast journalist where they weren't. Right. Those girls weren't. They had to learn how to do all that stuff. Yeah. Jenny so, took to it pretty fast. I thought Carmen did a good job. She was, she was, very, she was very sweet. She didn't have as much time to develop because they basically just plunked her into yeah. the f- fourth season. Um, <laughs> and it was big shoes to fill. They were big, yeah. yeah. I mean, because Jenny was just... It was another big... Time. Yeah, she uh, was on everything. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, like Entertainment Weekly had a Jenny meter. Remember, like every week, it was like, what is she doing? Yeah, now? I used to watch it. I remember. <laughs> is that I was a like, real thing? Really? Yeah, really. Jesus. Did. No, it was a yeah. Crazy time. 
I used to watch it every day after school. I'd go home and like watch Singled Out. I love nice. it. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, know, I was on the show too. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I do. I do. Wasn't really. Well, who's still standing? Hey. 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 Who's the Brian Dunkelman now, hey. Chris? <laughs> Still, still Brian Dunkelman. I'm oh sorry, man, you guys. Still the dunk. <laughs> Brian's a sweetheart. Don't be like that. Brian Slam Dunkelman. I don't. Oh, come on, Jonah Ray. Um, <laughs> but you, uh, I'm curious to find out about uh, the thing that I do know about your uh, past is that you were uh, a, a pageant um, lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how what that. Was. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I had a career in pageants. But like, you I did, wasn't you that did, girl. But I did. Yeah. You were teen Massachusetts. I was, yeah, it was the first one I did. I won, and then I did another one. What is that uh, like? Is that? It was crazy. It was crazy. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was the only like non-pageant girl in there, and so I didn't use butt glue and all that stuff that everyone else did. And I think they could kind of just see the yeah. butt glue. Thank you, Jonah. Oh, you don't know about butt glue? Don't know about butt glue. That's how you keep your bathing suit from shifting and getting a wedgie. Ah, uh, butt, butt glue. glue. Oh, Vaseline on the lips so your lips don't quiver. Uh-huh. Right on your teeth. They do all that stuff. And they do the uh, preparation H under the eyes to keep the. Sp- I actually did that in college for a little while. Really? Yeah. I think I just heard that on that Sandra Bullock movie. Yeah. I don't really Speed remember two, it doing control. much. <laughs> yeah. But I did it anyway for a little while. Is it, is, is pageant is it is it uh is it as creepy as it seems yes, like it might be? It okay, can good. be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. I was sane and normal and so I actually benefited from it in so many ways and I learned a lot of things. Like I learned how to, you know, presentation's really important whether you're putting your like your entrance package together or whatever it is you're doing. Like to me, it helped me. It taught me how to get ready really fast because you have to get ready in like 10 minutes and you have to look like a pageant girl. So it taught you interviewing skills. There was a lot that I learned from them. So for me, it was super beneficial and amazing. Mm -hmm. But if you have a little self-esteem issue or anything like that, or you're a little whacked, you're going to get wackier and you're going to have less self-esteem because, you know, I I remember being... um, being shocked at some of the stuff that went on and i actually yeah it it can be it can be like what 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 happened i mean like you know all of a sudden you're at lunch and no one's there anymore and they're all in the bathroom oh (laughs) no yes well they have to look good even during lunch it's really bad it can be really bad i felt you know this this the poor girl miss utah the miss usa pageant the one who you must have seen that. I've seen every everything. I'm sure we t- we cover. Well, all she's stuff. she's she's the one that uh, she's the new dummy. She gave the answer that made absolutely no sense. Wait, the, that was a couple years ago. No, no this is like two weeks. Like oh no way! There's a new one. I and love the, that. the poor girl, and I felt so bad for her because I, as, the, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, she. You know, people were like, she's dumb. Like, no, she blanked. Like she yeah. she like she obviously was so nervous that she didn't hear the question and did that thing where she just started talking before she knew what she was mm-hmm. going to say because she didn't hear the question. And just all these... She went on this very circuitous route around... There was just basically a bunch of words that didn't necessarily belong together, but she still had the... <laughs> it was still like the confidence <laughs> and the poise, uh, but the words and what were... Was the, what was the question, too? It was something about like uh, like education for uh, women... I think I don't know. It was, it was an education. I think it was an education question. Yeah. And but how like, astute of you to know that that's what happened to her? Because most people would just easily just 
shit on her and say well, she was Well, most people did. I just know yeah. what it's yeah. like to... But also know. in these pageants, what you don't know is how much these women practice their answers. So, like, you know, okay, they're going to ask you about hot topics and things like that. And so... There's a lot of preparation. No better place than hot topic to get band t-shirts. No, no, no. These are hot topics in oh, the I'm culture. Sorry. <laughs> I love a hot topic. Oh my god. Anyway, I got Batman. an Adventure Time backpack. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Minecraft. Like, yeah, sword. so they practice, and then if they stumble and they don't remember their memorized answer, they get screwed up. Oh man. And so that's why I never tried to like memorize anything or anything like that. You just you can't do that because if you get nervous in front of millions of people, you're screwed. And do you feel like uh, that the after after you sort of came? I, I I would imagine that if you had a different way of going about it, and you seem more natural, and you seem more loose than other people, were like, ah, that's how it should be done. None of this, <laughs> none of this rehearsed bullshit. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you kind of show people a different way. I know, like even in entertainment news, everyone's trying to do it in a more natural way. Everyone changed. Regular news changed. I mean, Kevin would watch. He goes, Maria. He goes, look at all these newscasters that are doing hard news now that are copying you and letting their hair grow long and wearing you know, sexier outfits and things like that. So you definitely like see... Like Dan Rather. When Dan Rather was wearing sexier outfits. Dan and Rather, that minx. <laughs> Is that a slightly dated reference. <laughs> Who's now? I could have said Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, you could have. Oh my God. But you could have said Wolf. Keith Oberman. I could have said Oberman. Not no, so much he's not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, he's not on anymore. Mm. When, I, I'm curious about um, just the idea and, and our culture's addiction to just gorging on entertainment news and just in weird cultural voyeurism and and you know the sort of like I, I see people in magazines and I'm like why is this person famous you know like you see just the the cover of the grocery store magazines and you go these people don't really do anything really mm-hmm. what what is the addi- what is the addiction to that that you, that you think I mean, I think that there's just been a shift in what we're looking at as entertainment now. You know, everything's reality-based, so teen moms are huge stars. It's strange, but there's been a shift. And it started with Paris Hilton, and it's just continued and continued. And we thought it would go away, and it never did. And now it's just completely taken over. Um, luckily, somehow along the way, TV found its way, and we have great shows like Breaking Bad, of course, and all of these great shows. There's that definitely have, like, a TV give, renaissance. Scripted yeah. shows, and they've given written. us hope because yeah, yeah. for a minute there, scripted television looked like it was going to die a horrible death. It is interesting. And it just that, got better. It is interesting that, that it got better than ever. Yes, we, exactly. we have we have some of the best shows. Thanks, Kyle. We have some of the best shows and some of the worst shows simultaneously. And then you turn yes. on NBC and you're like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah. And so I think good. that that's that's the thing is you've got and and I I would I, I wonder if we're giving them little credit because there's a reason people are obsessed with these shows, right? So it's it's like you can't discount Honey Boo Boo. There's something about Honey Boo Boo. I'm sorry. People are fascinated. I'm not watching it. But mm. but at least it provides TV and money. She's, but she's, she's capturing people's attention, which is what a star does, whether it's scripted but or it's not. But anti- it's an anti-star. It's not because they're, you know, like when you think of a when you think of a, a a television star, a film star, it's like they bring something of value or positive to the world, and it's it's just like it's, it's the reality. It's like the it's like the Springer, you know, when that when that was a, when that was a phenomenon, and it was like Sally Jesse and Springer and Richard Bay and Ricky and all these, and you know, just bringing on the worst people. 
so I guess so that people could watch that and go, ah, my life sucks, but it's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Car accidents capture people's yeah. attention too. Yeah, but you, a, know. you know, but that doesn't mean a car accident should be a star. But also, Wait, you're, you're totally neglecting the whole. You're you're thinking that they're just doing nothing but being filmed. They're giving lines. This scripted re- and, and reality aren't very different. Reality television is. All right, Chris, you're going to walk in. You're going to say hi to Kevin. I want you to talk about this and make sure you say this. And there is different levels of it where people need more. Like, um, uh, I'm sure with Honey Boo Boo and all of these shows, whether it's Duck Wars or whatever, they're they're giving them lines and they're delivering them. I would yeah. so watch Duck Wars. Just <laughs> two different Duck, Wars? Two, Duck Dynasty. Two, Duck di- Dynasty. two yeah, different yeah. ducks battling it out in a pit. Yeah. I would watch the <laughs> shit out of Duck Wars. There would be a Duck Wars if they found another Duck Dynasty and then those two dynasties can <laughs> have a war. But that's, an, an that's, of, that's my point. Is, like the Kardashians, all of these shows, they're actually having to act. They're having to create scenes and create moments. So you can't take away from what they're doing, actually, I think. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I can. I just feel like it's, <laughs> I just feel like it's, <laughs> I just feel like it's, you know, we're giving, we're giving people, we're giving society vapid role models. Like, ah, I don't know. The whole thing just gets oh, under no, my no, skin. No, no, no. That's different. I agree with that. I totally agree with that part. I'm just saying don't take away from what they're that they are actually doing something to achieve this kind of recognition whether we like it or not true but i do not agree with the role model thing i think it's awful i think we're setting such a bad example and we're encouraging people to act poorly and behave badly to get on television and to become famous i mean look at all of these shows on tv where girls are like punching each other out and ripping each other's hair and I know that sounds hot probably to you guys, um, but no, no. do you know what I'm saying? It's 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 sad. Yeah, it is it a is, sad a state, but there's nothing we can really do other than try not to do it ourselves. Like there was a show we wanted to produce at one point when Jer- Jersey Shore was like at its peak. Kevin and I were like, let's do mass holes. Oh, oh that was God. you guys? That would be amazing. That was you. Right? I was really actually bummed out when no, that didn't it happen. It wasn't us. We actually oh. thought about doing it. And I said to myself, I go, Kevin, I, I'm sorry. Even though it's a great idea, I can't do Spiritually, that. Spiritually, you couldn't do it. I could not right. do it. And I said, I'm sorry. He was so mad at me. <laughs> Kevin. He's like, you have too much integrity. Kevin. Yeah. Let's do he it. He told me oh, I have too much integrity, and he tells me all the time, but I really couldn't do it. I'm like, Kevin, I can't. It's not. I, I just can't. And so I didn't. Now, trust me, if I had produced this with Kevin, it would not have gone down the way it did before. I would have had the greatest mass holes you would have ever seen in your life. <laughs> now, hang on, it would hang have been on. freaking super compelling and amazing. Mass hole wars. But, no, but I, there, was a, there, was, there, there was a show... <laughs> Wicked Single yes. on VH1, which and we was really awful. tried. We that watched it, but I we tried still watched it because it was in Medford. I tried. <laughs> I tried so hard. I loved it. Well, it wasn't real busted. Yeah, it wasn't. It was so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, yeah. let's do it. Let's let's go back to the drawing board and we'll do it. Massholes. We'll do it in Revere. Oh Sorry, God. Revere. Yeah. Didn't they do K- oh. uh, K-Town? Didn't they have a uh, one of those uh, a Korea shows in Korea Town? Yeah. I had read about that. I don't think Ooh. I ever saw it. So, so many channels we, now that could exist. That's all we can do now is not contribute to it. Yeah, not help it along. It is a. It is sort of a weird. You know, I mean, I, I guess I can almost appreciate it from an anthropological standpoint, where it's like, well, we have a sampling of people, a, a sampling of regional 
humans, mm-hmm. and we're studying them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I guess what would be really great is at the end of each season, if there was some sort of a scientific contribution, like, well, we've determined that they're like. I almost feel like the Kardashians <laughs> and those shows should have a fucking narrator, like like a Richard Attenborough esque narrator, like, and uh, it's feeding time in the Jenna household, <laughs> you know, like yeah. or whatever. But it, just to at least give it some type of value to, yeah. to, you know, like some type of educational value. There must be something to glean from all of it. I just, I don't know what it is. But see, and that's the sad part is like when you look at a honey boo-boo, the worst part about it is... is a honey boo-boo in the pick wild. Any, pick any honey boo-boo. You can't... <laughs> it's actually specific to bee stings. That's a honey boo-boo. But you... <laughs> Boo, boo. Hey, listen, fuck you. Okay. (laughs) Hey, listen. (laughs) When you look at Honey Boo Boo, yes, there are like probably so many of those samplings of families that are connecting and like, oh, that's me. That's my family. Okay, that would be fine. But what we're doing is we're encouraging this young girl and telling her that go-go juice is awesome and so funny, ha, 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 and that she should gorge herself into like death. Like it's, it's awful. Like she came to the Grove for an interview and I was upstairs with her in the green room and they had brought her pizza, but there were like little slices of basil on there. Just like a few. And she's like, ew, I don't want that. There's vegetables on it. And I'm like, (laughs) it's like three (laughs) slices of basil. You can just pull it off. Ew. And she was like rushing to the balcony to like greet her fans. And now you know that we've created a loon. Like Mm. she's going to be. Yeah. Mm. A crazy person when she gets older. It's not. There's no way that girl is going to grow up and be normal. It's possible that she could crash in her teens and then come out of it and be like, you know what I mean? Like it's okay. Maybe it's not that no. possible. No, yeah. and it's sad, and that's what's happening with a lot of these. People. There's only one Drew Barrymore. So <laughs> there should be there. Should, you know what? There there should be a <laughs> there should be a social worker reality show where they swoop into other reality shows and take train wreck. And just basically take kids away from train wreck families and like, yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it from here. And then that's the basis of their show. And then they have a bunch of people from all the other reality shows. Oof. They'll get it, you know, they'll get a, a Jenner and a Kardashian and a, a boo and a boo boo and a duck. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I've I've watched I've watched Duck Dynasty a couple times. It's charming. It's charming it because really they don't charming. they don't take it seriously. Like they're actually they actually seem like kind of regular nice people. They don't really seem to it's not when I first thought what that show was like, oh god, more, you know, more redneck shaming really. Do you but, know what I, but to that thought, like they they just seemed like they were having a good time. Like they're regular people, yeah. But like what I cannot stand is on uh Pawn Stars how they never will mention the fact that they are all multimillionaires now off of the show and like Chumley drives a Rolls Royce like he's still like looking for a paid day off in the plot line of the show. Oh, it's yeah, just like silly. fuck you, you have like Well, it is interesting. It is dollars. interesting in the way that um that reality shows basically supplanted soap operas and then scripted shows and then and now you know a show like Duck Dynasty or it's really sort of taken over the family sitcom like the scripted family sitcom which is really sort of what it is yeah. you know you have your and so for reality shows because whenever I go to my mom's house and like that's just what's on that's that's what we can all agree on like mm-hmm. oh we'll just watch it um, it's actually not a ba- it's not a bad one I'm not offended by it the way that some of the other ones are like it, Jesus Christ they just put a fucking camera on this tire fire they can be good like small town security is a good reality oh my god show. we love that yeah they're and the this same, is well done they're producing ours right now oh really left right the company that yeah like it, yeah. they they shoot things really like you know they let things play out and it's very I don't know it's it's a good reality show like and they it's almost like they have respect for the people. 
they're <laughs> they're making the show about, and so there you can kind of feel that when you're watching it. But that's a great company. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna. It's be also good. a great network, right? AMC, everyone. It's a great network <laughs> that some of us are on a lot. <laughs> the best. I was on a dating show once on AMC years ago. What? You were? Yeah, when it was still kind of a movie thing. They had like a, it was called Date Night, and it was uh, I was like a guy that would have like I, I talked about movies, and then like I like sat with a girl while we were watching some movie, and like you know I was like in the interstitials with her, and then like with two other guys, and then by the end of it she picked me. Did you all um, fake? All of it was fake. Did you cut a hole in the bottom of the popcorn and put your penis through it? We were watching uh, diner, uh, diner, yeah. So it really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that how you got it? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how I got it. What do you feel like you're, you know, you're on TV daily. What do you feel like, do you feel like that we as people on television, like what type of responsibility do you feel like we have to try to pick up the slack? <laughs> uh, you know, like do you feel the weight of that at all? I mean, sometimes, yeah. I think that, yeah, sometimes I'm like, really? Are we going to do another story about this person who's like completely spiraling out of control? Well, so, we all yeah. need to know what's happening to Amanda. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Yeah, oh, my God. But it's bit. so much. You know, you look at, like, you, you know, and, and they, uh, uh, they, they, Lindsay or Br- Brittany mm-hmm. or any of them, it's like, you know, the, the, the print media just goes, hey, and they just, like, squash their hand at them. And they just start poking them. They're like, wow, she's really crazy. Look how crazy she is. She's re-. And then they get crazier and crazier as a result of that. And then there's cameras. And, like. So what came first? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely, um, I mean. I think it was probably like, well, they were probably a little predisposed mm-hmm. to, they had odd upbringings and, you know, but then just having a camera in your face the whole time and then they create, then it's like, it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. They create the situation and then everyone seems so like, how could this have happened? You're like, well, you made it happen. A lot yeah. of it. You drove real close to them going real fast. You yeah. Kinda, you that's, know, why, that's why they drove into a tree. Yeah. That um, was the medium. In the tunnel. Oh, is it one of the Did you guys see uh, Love Maryland, the Marilyn Monroe documentary on HBO? No, it's no. good. It, it, there's a big section of it that talks about like, like her reaction to like all the media attention and all the paparazzi and all this stuff. And it's like it's real. She Wait, was like, when was that on? It's on How HBO. That? It's really good. It's called Love Maryland, and it's uh, it's mainly based off of all of her journals. And, and it's a doc. Yeah. Oh. Cool. And they have like a bunch of different actresses uh, reading uh, like the, you know, the diary, like it's like her saying it, and it's uh, it's really really good. And it's like it's really sad. What did she say? What was her take on it? Just to like how it like it would only ever make things worse if there was like if you were having a, like a tough situation, it would only exacerbate things, and it would like it just it was like she was really very aware, and her writing was incredible. She was very like aware of herself and her like and her mental problems, and you know and stuff like that. So it was, I, I highly recommend it. It was very good. Okay. Yeah. Did she admit that the Kennedys killed her? <laughs> no. That's oh, the hang on. There's something at the door. And then yeah. that was the last. <laughs> yeah. All right. If this that's doesn't work, Teddy, you drive her off yeah. a Chappaquiddick. <laughs> yeah. That's what I liked about it, though, is like, like they just like, and then she died, and they don't go into like, but how did she die? Yeah. You know, they didn't. Oh, do that. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <Ooh>. Speculation. <laughs> um, Ancient astronaut theorists think. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you, uh, uh, what do you, what are, what are some of the things that you're working on now that you can talk about? Well,. Uh, well, there might be things that you don't want to talk about yet, like you know, like yeah, no, then I'm sure. sure she'd use her discretion and not talk about them. You didn't have to add the part about not talking. About well, I don't want people to feel pressured when they come on. You know, I want I want people to feel very comfortable. So I want you to feel comfortable well, to talk you. about whatever it is that you want. You're to just talk talking about. bad right now. Stop saying that. <laughs> talking bad. Stop it, <laughs> Matthew. Don't Seriously. talk bad to him. Cut it. <laughs> Thank you, Jonah. 
For both of you. <laughs> Put your hand out. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh. oh. No, I'm used to seeing oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> Bad boy. Oh, that was delightful what? and personal. What? Fuck you, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> Shut if, up, if Kyle. You're a, making it uh, worse. Uh, you're way making it worse. If the Onion AV Club is listening to this. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris Hardwick. Quote of the week, Matt Myra. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Getting good, you're getting good insight. Nope. Good insight. Nope. Nope. Buddy. Nope. Buddy. nope. It's just comedy joke, buddy. Remember when I told you how to make a podcast and what server to use and how to so build an RSS feed? Right <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the rare occasions where Jonah grabs the wheel. Yeah. And I hate grabbing the wheel. <laughs> He's so usually much. the one knocking it out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what are what are the okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is uh, uh, some of the? Uh, well, currently I'm feeling the pressure to mediate, but <laughs> other than that, we uh, we just had our film that we that I produced and Kevin wrote and directed called Adventures of Serial Buddies. Um, it was released on iTunes, and so that was exciting. A labor of love, of course. We had uh, what's it about? It's best described, well, it's the first serial killer buddy film of all time. <laughs> and I think after working with Kevin, you know he has a really sick and say, twisted... Just hearing, hearing the plot, like, that just sounds like a Kevin movie. Like, that totally yeah. sounds like a Kevin movie. Yeah, he's, he's sick. And so it's like, it was best reviewed as Dumb and Dumber meets Dexter. So that's great. I love it. That's yeah. the movie. It stars Christopher Lloyd, Chris you McDonald. You could have called it Dex and Dexter. See, funny. not funny. See, I don't think, I don't everyone, think you could have. If everyone, I don't think if you everyone, could have. If everyone has no, the reaction of like, oh, yeah. that's informational, and then you know that it's actually it's actually a clunker. Yeah. In well, my, thank God we went mm. with Adventures of Serial Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that the audience in my head is still doubled over from laughter at the uh, at the deft wordplay of Dex and Dexter. Yes, I'm sure they are. Um, <laughs> hang on a sec. I'm still in. Oh, hang on a sec, guys. Uh, I, I, I got I got an encore. I'm getting another applause break. <laughs> it's just like it's just silence. How the did room. the movie come about? Like, how is it? Like, because uh, you know you work in entertainment news, mm-hmm. and uh, as far as I know, you were just doing stuff like singled out, or were you like doing a lot of narrative stuff? Kevin was when... writing movies, and and okay. just like was. Kevin's one of these. Kevin's one of these guys that was like, "We got to pitch other stuff. We got to do other stuff." Like, you know, I had no work ethic when I was working on Singled Out. None. I just didn't. I was just sort of like, "Oh, we have this job. I don't really know what else to do." And Kevin's like, "You gotta, you know, is you gotta pitch. You gotta pitch stuff. You gotta write stuff." So he's constantly like, he was sort of a workhorse in that way, like constantly coming up with ideas and figuring out, and you know, and and essentially doing what is at that time was sort of like a beneficial thing to do in the industry but now is i feel like is essential is essential to you know the way the way things are now so yeah um we got we had adam west on i mean like i know you're not even so modest about what you did on that show but we had adam west on before you know his kind of the ironic resurgence yeah, of him. yeah. we had him on and we wwe had, yeah, we got the w- we worked with the WWE before their MTV Renaissance as well. Like we like anyway, he's modest. No but stuff that Chris did. Uh, it was it was like no one I've ever worked with because because you could. I was saying to him off the air, you could when writers when we would be hungover or tired or just zapped out. And we would have lame stuff. We were like, yeah, yeah, but Chris would make it funny. Yeah. And, every, and Chris was still drinking. Time, <laughs> he still was. One hundred percent of the time, he he improved.
Kevin did right. this fun thing. I think if did you ever watch? Did you ever see Single Out? Did you ever see it? Yeah, yeah. There was one season that it got, and Kevin was responsible for this, where <laughs> he basically was trying to turn it into like a Mr. Show type of a show, where it's he's like, oh, we gotta we gotta have like recurring characters, we gotta have these weird characters, and he brought on this guy named Randall Malone, who mm-hmm. was a a B movie star, and so he was became this character called B film star Randall Malone, yeah, and I then that. there was a. They had had this guy who was the mascot, who was like the an- like the angel with the scruff. And yeah, the, like the like the big guy. The big guy. Yeah. And so he was like, "Oh, we got to bring in." His, we had a, his friend Mark was like, "He'll be his kid." And so then they had this weird father son relationship and Randall and and all these and then Larry, the crazy Larry, yeah. and then so Bradley, Bradley, yeah. pop recording, yes, pop recording star Bradley. <laughs> uh, and so it it was it it the show really was like YouTube before YouTube for one season. And then MTV was like, you guys aren't doing a sketch show. Knock it off. And they made him cut out a lot of the stuff. But the show, by that point, it was so fascinating to watch it go from a game show to this weird cast of bizarre (laughs) characters. And there was more and more sketch stuff in in the show. That's great. Kevin tells me the story of Randall in in, in the cheese puff costume. We made him a big, giant cheese puff. And Randall's six feet, like four, and a very large man. And he made him into a big cheese puff. And he said the executives walked by and saw him on TV and was like, this is not the face of MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I it was, love it. It was so antithetical to the, to the, to the rest of what the show was, <laughs> which was yeah. like frat guys, you know. Yeah, frat guys, hot girls. Yeah. Frat yeah, guys, yeah. hot girls. And just like, like yeah, just, just streaming them through. I mean, we did a love boat reunion show. Oh, oh my God, that's right. The kids are going to love Oh my God, and your brother dated um, Jill. Uh, Jill Whelan. Jill Whelan. Who played, Vic- who played Vicky. Vicky. We got everyone back but Captain Steubing. Oh shit! Remember we had Doc. We, we had, had Doc. We had Isaac. We had Vicky. We had. Oh my God! That's right. We did a Love Boat reunion <laughs> show. Like, and the kids were like, "What's Love Boat?" <laughs> yeah. Even at that uh, point, they had no idea. Oh my I'm God! Like, oh, the kids huge with the kids. Love Boat. Yeah. Huge. It's like guys rhyming their names with their dicks, and then <laughs> the Love Boat. Like yeah. it was this craziest. Badness. Holy shit! I forgot about that. Yeah. There's so many things I probably don't remember. This is now not becoming a podcast about you, Maria. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's no, no, okay. no. But it just it's this... always about me. No. Be about something else. Trust no, 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 me. No, it's just it's just so many things that I haven't thought about yeah. for for over a decade. Yeah, it's been a long time. Oh my god, <laughs> that's been a real long. You said it's so weird. No, we should have it's a screening a party with all the old episodes, a lot of beer, <laughs> oh and a lot of cheese god. puffs. All yeah. two hundred and three or three hundred and. A lot of them. 325 episodes. It's crazy they don't rerun those anywhere, like on the Game Show Network or anything like that. It's not that crazy, and I I hope they don't because I think... It's a little crazy. At the time... Listen to a speech affectation when you go back and watch it. It was weird. Yeah, I talked weird. He had a shh. He had the shh. I don't know what it was. Um, 50 shiggle guys. I don't know what it was. so weird. I think I was just trying to... I think I was just trying to play the part of a host who was comfortable in his skin, which I was not. But I think... um, I think... uh, People at the time said the show was the death of MTV, and then years later, people were like, "It was the best show." Yeah, and they were trying to make it come back. They tried to make point. it come back, but I think if you were to go back and watch it, it's one of those things that was so of its time that it would not. I don't think it, the show would hold up well. It was so '90s, so '90s. Yeah, but everyone loves those dating shows. But it's fun. Can, I could see it coming back. But it back. was edgy at the time. 
but if you watched it now by today's television standards, the show is not is would be just. But that's the same with the dating game. You know, people still they still put that on the game show network, and people watch those old seventies dating game yeah. shows. Maybe that's, I don't know. That's got enough nostalgia to it now. Whereas we got to wait ten years before we can start. But, I still, but I still say so. The way Tosh, what drives Tosh two point is not the format of the show. It's Tosh and anger. <laughs> but it's that same anger and bitterness that we had from Chris. But I mean, seriously, he underrates his role in that. If you take him out of that show, I can totally get two or three more pretty girls that could be funny. But he just had this. He was just such an anti-hero. Like he's such an. He was the first anti-host, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. And that's what. If you take him out of that show. There's no show. Listen to yeah. him. Aww. No, I remember. I remember. Like uh, there was like, a great moment where, like, you like was at the end, and they're like, "Hey, they gave me like a few seconds to do my own thing, so I'm going to juggle." And so you started juggling. You were asking for a fourth, like, orange to juggle, and then they just threw it at your face, and you dropped everything. You're like, "Screw you guys!" And you walked up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's really funny. I remember that. Yeah, that's yeah. a really like, weird, funny He's thing. He's talked about you for years too, because Ooh. ever since I met him, he was always like, "God, he was so he's so talented," and like. Was always just like trying to think of things. Like I really want to reconnect with him. I got like he's had such a good connection with you creatively. Well, it was I fun. We like. had a, we had a fun time back then. It was it was a bummer. And you you sort of came in halfway through the series, right. and then took it over. And and then and then just the natural life of the show. You know, no MTV show at that time went on longer than five five, five seasons. Like Everything. that was that was pretty much with the exception of Real World. Like no mm-hmm. Daily Show. Twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> or 23. How many seasons is it now? What? Obsessed. Real World? Real World. Um, 90 or 91 was the first. Yeah, it's like 22. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. That hurts. And Portland <laughs> was boring. Portland was amazing. What is uh, wrong with you? Boring. Oh, what? Man. That crazy bitch? Naya? Hurricane season. Naya? Yes. That could be any season. They the crazy it. bitch? Yeah. The black guy? The drunk one? <laughs> no, no. Because they I... teased it for all the whole season Can and it didn't you? happen until the second to last episode. Kevin and I have watched for years. We're obsessed with Real World. Maria does the reunion shows. But we called MTV. I was at Nightly News. I was hosting the Today Show. <laughs> Hello, MTV. Um, I want to host your after show because I'm really tired of these girls who don't watch the show that are hosting the after show. I need my answers to my questions. <laughs> and so I started taking over. They're like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm <laughs> like, yes. And so I started hosting the after shows, and I've not stopped. It's been years. Um, the last two I haven't been able to do because of scheduling reasons, but I was so excited to do Portland, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I didn't even amazing. know they did one in Portland. They That's sure how did. Out of touch I am. Oh, like, I love one. Portland. The last two have been kind of lame, mm. and I told them why I thought it was lame. And now Portland, they took it up a notch. I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. That's Not that great. they're really taking their cues from me, but I yeah. did voice my opinion. Well, maybe they did. You, you never don't know. know. You never know. But is it? But but, but you want to be. You want to do. You want to produce more stuff, right? Is this? I love producing. Yeah, I I think you know for me it's it's about doing a little bit of everything and. I was like that since I was in high school. I was always involved in everything. And then, you know, when I got into this business, it was, it was, you know, I was doing news. I was acting. I was hosting. I was were producing. You, were you overachieving popular girl? No. I was overachieving nerd hated girl. Really? You? Yeah. Are you sure that that's an accurate representation? Yeah, it was. It was. I was hiding during lunch because all the girls wanted to beat me up in school because their boyfriends would give me their number and I would say that I wasn't allowed to date. My dad would kill me. 
and classic they didn't believe nerd. me. Yeah, classic, classic nerd. nerd. No, Always no, no, getting no, the boys no. Numbers. But I was a nerd. But I was. But I was. I was in like advanced classes, and people would like call me a nerd and be mean to me, and so it was like a weird thing because I was starting to kind of. You were the smart hot girl. Yeah, so but you like, a nerd. nobody okay, wanted to enough. hang out with me because I was a nerd. I wasn't going to do drugs or like smoke or do anything like that. Well, it just sounds like you were a square. Maybe more of a square, but I was in the nerd no group. Late night. The nerd I group. was in the nerd group. You were in the nerd group because they're the ones so, that just would hang out with You would never the go to the late night Kelly's Roast Beef <laughs> Runs. You guys, you guys were the left. It's like the leftover group of like, well, I'm not in any other group, so I guess you're my friends Yeah, now. like the first floor cafeteria was gotcha, that gotcha, cafeteria, gotcha. and that was the only place I could maybe hide in the beginning. It was very bad. But you know what? I think you're, you're, you're more accurate with your description. More square, nerdy. I was so yeah. fucking square when I was growing up. So square. Mm. I was one of those like, I don't need to drink or take drugs to have a good <laughs> well, that time. That sounds yeah, really familiar. Is too. that Chris now? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, but do you ever notice like, like you st- we're still trying to be like, okay, I, I will say for me, like I still can't be in with the popular clique because I don't do that stuff. I'm just like, not, I, I'm like not. You see like you, you won't get invited to certain things because you're not going to do that stuff and they know it and they don't want to be judged <laughs> i just i i just i i just get uncomfortable in those situations like it it i don't know i don't know how to behave i i kind of just i i get really quiet and and you know my girlfriend's very much like she'll talk to anybody and i'm very much like oh don't talk to anybody <laughs> you know like yeah. let's just over here i don't i feel uncomfortable when people come up and start talking you know, in the in those types of situations, mm-hmm. it just it just takes me right back to, you know, ju- just right back to junior high. I I don't know. I just was never, never really comfortable in those types of situations. But I can go both ways. Yeah, I'm pretty much more like your girlfriend, where I can like have you know fun and get along with anybody. But then there are the times where you'll see me at, at an event, and I'm just quiet and just hmm. I do my thing, and I'm like, when does my time here end? <laughs> I just want to get <laughs> out of here. And what is it that you want to? What is it that you want to do overall? Like, what do you do? You want to host entirely your own thing that you're producing, or what do you Chris is to... saying is you shouldn't be satisfied with what you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Always that more. really is the undertone. That is yeah. the subtext of most yeah. of what I say. Yeah. Um, I'll put my hand away. But I mean, like, is there a? Uh, oh, what's the end all be all? <laughs> yeah. What's the end all be all for you? Like when you see, you know, when you sort of in your head when you have that. Per- oh, this is the perfect. Is there that thing or? I don't know because it's changed. You know, I originally you know, got into this business and was like, okay, I really want to do news because I love, love the news industry. And at the same time, I really loved making this movie with Kevin and I really want to be able to do that too. And gosh, if I can be in a movie here or there, that'd be really fun too. And okay, the end, end, end goal eventually is to have a talk show, but I don't want that anymore because they're not working. Chris Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get they're just not working and there's something about it that just doesn't excite me anymore because the format isn't something people are interested anymore in anymore like i love helping people and i love bringing things that are helpful to people to the forefront so whether you know i wrote a book kevin helped me um and i told you know women everything i've learned along the way in my journey from all the experts i've interviewed and all the celebrities and basically all the tips and tricks that you know have helped me along my way and that was cool, and I got it out in that way. But I'm like, God, 
turning this book, which was kind of a discussion in some studios at some points, and obviously I have a development deal with my company right now, Telepictures, turning this book into a talk show, yeah, that'd be great. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't think people want that anymore. It seems boring as hell to try to get people to tune in at 4 o'clock in the afternoon like they got nothing better to do. I don't know. I well, I, I think it all. I think it all boils down to. I I think you could make it work. I don't know. Like I almost would rather just do it in a podcast. Maybe you could because. But the, I think I feel like people are consuming their media in such different ways now. We started an online TV network called AfterBuzz TV where we do after shows for your favorite shows, and that's now spawned so many different things. Where now I'm doing a talk show podcast webcast called conversations with maria where i will sit down with someone like you and talk to you about your career and your journey and what you did and that's i sort of did that already i just did that you got me to do that what i just talked about singled out for like 15 minutes exactly yeah but do you know what i'm saying like and to me that's interesting is talking to people about their journeys and i, I don't know i don't know what it's going to be i, I have no say, idea what the end i'll be I, all is all i know is i'm gonna work my balls off every day and just keep doing what i'm doing and something's gonna happen somewhere something's going to click and maybe that will be the end all be all. I don't know what it is. Well, I would say also never underestimate never underestimate your point of view as a thing that people would be interested in seeing. You know, like it sounds like you're thinking at you're coming at it from a format standpoint like I don't know if anyone I mean, it, it, it's true like maybe yeah. people aren't as excited about that format, but you know, but if you're authentically excited about something that's interesting to watch usually you know like yeah. if you're if you're interested in the people that you're talking to or you're interested in telling a specific story or helping someone in a specific way and it doesn't feel engineered and it really is sincere and genuine and then just you know whatever the whatever the parts of your personality are that you're not aware of that you can put into the world i feel like that's a commodity that most people overlook where you know it happens in stand up all the time where you go when you first start you're like oh i don't really have anything interesting to talk about and then you start talking about yourself and you're like but that's not interesting that's just my life and people yeah. are like no 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 but that's the thing that yeah. brings it all together so you know maybe there is a sh- maybe maybe that show just because I'm trying to, I'm thinking of afternoon right now. Like what, what's on? There, there might be a. There's probably a gaping hole in the afternoon. I don't know. Like, like you watch some of these talk shows, and they're struggling to find audiences. And there are people in daytime now that are really talented, and are really smart, and have really good things to bring to the table. And they're bringing good segments in. And you're like, no one's interested. Well, so, that was a lot of just people don't like Jeff Probst, not on Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? When I talked to Jeff, he was really passionate about that show and he was really passionate about helping people. And, you know, it's just it's kind of a frustrating, you know, world right now is talk shows. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know that that's something that I really love and I, I really loved getting to do it through my book. And maybe I'll get to do it through a talk show someday. Who knows? Um, for now, you know. We're doing our film and our, our VOD release is what, next month in August? Or we're not even in July yet, shoot. Um, but we're dealing with that. We have our own reality show that we're filming right now, which is scary as hell. What? Scary. Why isn't this part of your day? I don't scary. understand why you guys wouldn't bring the camera here. You guys, know, are, right? you guys are on the show? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, did they ask? Yeah, no. they might have. Yeah, they asked me. I said no. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Jonah, Jonah put his yeah, foot yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Nope. So we're doing that, and then we're writing um, two more books. One's like a health and fitness book. Another one's a recipe book with my mom. And yeah. what else? Are you gonna do any know. more movies? Uh, yeah. Are you wait to see how we have movies? we have one. So years ago, you'll like this. 
years ago, Randall calls me because we've been friends for years. Mm-hmm. Randall calls me up and he's like, Maria, you're going to die. He's like, <laughs> this guy's like a Liberace meets Divine. Yeah, he really is. Oh, yeah. he really is. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Wait, Such you don't even know. Too. We watched Such Behind a, a Candelabra. We're I like, fucking, that's Randall. Oh I my fucking god, love that movie so much. Oh my god, uh, we're doing another oh, screening really? of it at our house. Yeah. Come, oh, I fucking go see that again. Yeah. I've watched it three times already. I, I've only seen it twice. Oh my baby boys. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. Okay, Scott. <laughs> but that's we want to do the screening with Randall and his partner Mike. Because oh, no Randall knew Liberace, but also Randall and his partner Mike are Liberace and, and Scott. Scott. Oh. And it was crazy. We were watching it and screaming, pausing. We're like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> People would never know a Liberace in their whole lifetime, and we know one. Oh my God. It's crazy. But it's so good. Anyway, Randall calls me. He's like, you're never going to believe this, Maria. Darren Julian's having an auction, and there's all this Jack Lord memorabilia. And I'm like, Oh, what a great idea. It's now July. Kevin's birthday's in November, and he's obsessed with Jack Lord. And <laughs> the original Felix Leiter. And even in his first movie, when he came, he left MTV to go make his movie, he played like in this like small scene, he played like a Jack Lord esque kind of character. And so he's obsessed with him, whatever. And I knew that he had wanted to make a movie about the night that Jack Lord and Elvis met. <laughs> And so he'll tell you the story, but I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this for his birthday. This is such a good idea. So I, of course, the day that the auction was happening, Kevin's like, we got to take your dad to get new glasses. His glasses broke. I'm like, shit. So we're outside of Pearl Vision. And, and I'm like, of course, of all days, because I had to hide to do this. I couldn't do it in front of him. So I'm like, oh, you guys go ahead. I got a really important conference call that just came through. I have to take. So I'm sitting in the car. It's summer, and I don't have keys. I'm sweating my balls off in there. And I'm bidding against this dude in Germany for the Jack Lord gun. So Elvis, oh. when he went to Jack Lord's apartment that night after his big Aloha from Hawaii concert, he brought Jack Lord, who was his obsession. He loved Jack Lord. He brought two guns, and he's like, "One's for me, and one's for you." Bad oh. impression, but you know that gun kind buddies. of thing. They want to be gun buddies. And he, you know, Elvis had a big gun obsession, so they were solid gold pistols with white pearl handles. And so that was like the big ticket item in this thing. I had already bought on the auction in that sweaty car, the suit, the tie, the photo of him, Jack Lord and Marie and Elvis all together. And yeah, the whole life. So I bought everything. Now it was the gun and I'm betting back and forth with this guy from Germany and the numbers are going so high and I've never spent anything like this in my life. And I'm throwing up in my mouth the entire time. (laughs) And the guy was like, I I think it was like, we were at like, I I don't want to say because it's stupid, but it was a really (laughs) stupid number. And I'm like, he's like, are you going to, you know, bid? And I'm like, no, I'm out. I'm out. And he's like, going once, going twice. And I'm like, yes, I'm back in. <laughs> and so I did it. I beat the dude. I got the thing. And then I was calling my assistant saying, I think I'm moving in with you because I'm going to be busted. <laughs> I'm not going to have any money for the rest of my life. This is the stupidest thing I ever did. So now, mind you, I had to hide all of this stuff for months because his birthday wasn't until November. And and the way I had to go get the gun was it was in Orange County. Well, I didn't know. I drove down Orange County. I had to lie to him about where I was going. And <laughs> I went down with a friend of mine. And I had to take a gun test on the spot because to take the gun, you have to get a permit. Well, I'm horrible at tests. I was so annoyed. I'm like, I got school done with. I'm like, I don't want to take another test. 
got the gun, had it hidden in a pair of jeans in my closet for months. <laughs> yeah. And then on his birthday, holla freaking Louie, I'd waited forever for this freaking day to come. I hid a, a little camera on top of the piano in between two frames because I wanted to get his reaction. So he opened up the suit and he was like, oh, a suit. He doesn't wear suits. And I'm like, well, honey, you don't have a suit. I want you to try it on. He puts the suit on. It fits like a glove. You're the same size as Jeff Perfect. 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 <laughs> and so then he he opens up the tie, puts the tie on, and then he opens up the picture of Jack Lord, Marie, and Elvis. And he uh. figures it out and he's like, oh my God. And then I give him the last box and it was the gun. He had a conniption. <laughs> so now. Started firing it. Shot yeah. the bag. <laughs> so now. Like Elvis would have. You know, I yeah. bought them thinking, okay, someday we're going to make this movie. And so I've been trying to convince him that this is his next project. And now he's finally on board. So now we'll be able to put all of these props to good use. And luckily, I didn't go homeless. And, you know, I realize that that stuff actually holds its value. So I'm safe. That's oh my incredible. God. Are you going to. Like Kenny and I'm grateful as I am. I'm like. Wait, the Jack Lord Wi-Fi badge was for sale, and you? <laughs> yes, he was mad at me. I was going to stab him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you already You're went wearing the suit, holding the gun. You motherfucker! Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to the one yard line here. <laughs> he was really mad for real. I could have freaking killed him. Next birthday. Yeah. yeah. Next, next Jack Lord memorabilia auction. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be one every week, yeah. right? Yeah. Every week there's a Jack Lord. There's a there's a um, Mondo Mike, uh, like one of the original writers for Saturday Night Live. He had like a Mondo Mike's video Gonzo thing. It was like a sketch video he put out. But one of the best sketches in it was uh, like the disciples of the Jack Lord. And it was a, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, it was a Dan Aykroyd was like yeah. the main guy. You remember that sketch? Yes. yes. That was exactly what I was thinking about. What you so he patterned his life on. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All hail the Jack Lord. Oh, that's a fantastic story. Do you wear yeah. the suit just for fun sometimes, or do you Once not? Once in a while. I have, I have that, and I have a uh, replica of the 1966 Adam West Batman costume. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> wow. We went as Batman and Batgirl to a friend's Halloween party a couple years ago, and the super, super abbreviated version, I was very, very inebriated. I was going through a really bad time, and I was like, I'm going to go crazy tonight. And it Barbara. got ugly. Okay. Like the legit one. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, because it'd be hilarious you dressed as Elijah Silverstone in your sixties. Yeah. So luckily, Kevin found me somehow, almost dead, and there was so much paparazzi outside that he didn't want me to be seen like that. <clears throat> so we stayed in a friend's room at the house. Woke up. He's like, "Honey, we gotta go. It's six a.m. We gotta get out of here." So we go outside. And we don't know how to exit because there's this big, huge gate, these gates in Beverly Hills. And our driver, God bless him, stayed all night and waited for us. So like, how are we going to get out of here? Totally wasted. I mean, like vomit everywhere. Batarang? We had to scale. (laughs) We scaled the gates as Batman and Batgirl vomit in my hair. (laughs) Climb over the wall and the gates. And get over to the to the car, and I call my friend the next night at eight p.m. when I could actually open my eyeballs and not feel like I was like spinning, and I'm like, "Please tell me you have the video of me scaling the wall as Batman and Batgirl." He goes, "We do." Oh, oh fantastic! Wow. <laughs> and it looks just like the old thing where they did the real clubs. But the best part is so now every year I throw a huge, huge birthday bash on our tennis court at our house, right? And they're all invited. 
you guys were all invited. It's like the massivest bash ever. I know that's not a word, but I always say it anyway. <laughs> um, and and it's just like, you know, it's an excuse to have a party. Like if you say it's a birthday, then people kind of feel like they have to go. If it's like it's just a bash sometimes, you know, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, Kevin, two years ago, decided he was going to put the Batman costume in his office window. So when you look at the tennis court, <laughs> you see Batman and he put a light on him. So all of a sudden, the next day after the party, everyone's like, Maria, it was amazing. It was so much fun. They're like, what was up with the Batman costume? <laughs> it was really weird. It was like eerie. We thought he was going like, to come down and like get us. And- Remember who liked it the most? Who? <laughs> yeah. That Batman's clearly not Jewish. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We can cut that if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk about the tennis court that's on your property. Jesus Christ! Well, they, they didn't buy in the hills like you. There's nowhere to put a tennis court exactly. up there. Exactly. Yeah. I have a nice yard. There's just there's it just some, goes downhill really fast. You gotta fast. go to the valley for <laughs> a just like the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had spent that money in Calabasas, you would be blaming Justin Bieber for the noise. I mean, I know that white Ferrari. He should just get rid of it and get a sensible car. He got a leopard print Audi A R8. He got a leopard. No, print no, he didn't. R8. Yeah. What? Did he goes really? faster. Goes faster. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, Wait, that's hilarious. That was a good joke. Thank you. That was a good joke. I still think Dex and Dexter should have gotten more credit. Thanks for listening to the Nerdist podcast. No, it's not over. You don't get to say when it's over. I say when it's over. Table flip. Um, anything else you want to plug or promote or talk about or? See, now, now we're all just fucking I know. hanging we're out. Just, hey, now we can talk fun. about Rob Lowe's performance in Behind the Candle. Oh, my God. Oh, my the craziest. God. I like how they you like. You guys really should come over Saturday. We're really. Seen it yet. Oh, my God. Oh my please God. come Saturday night. You guys are performing in Philadelphia no, all weekend. Oh, balls. It's going to be so it. amazing. It's so it. good. We'll it's such a good movie. We'll do a second screening. Okay. It's unfreaking believable, but I'm not kidding. Okay, so Randall. Okay, you know Randall. So, okay, I'm telling you, like. He wears like a black wig and makeup. And so a lot of my friends are like, what is he? Like they're confused. And so Randall in his day was a gorgeous man. And he married Mike, who's a gorgeous man. And what did he tell me? He goes, I fattened him up. Because I didn't want anybody to take him from me, Maria. And so, like, everything in Behind the Candelabra, I swear to you, every sequence, other than the plastic surgery, Randall did. Oh, my God. He food hobbled him? Yes! From Misery? God, I wish I had that excuse. Mike was 17. Randall was, like, double his age. And he lured him in with the allure of Hollywood. And, and, you know, his grandmother was friends with all these stars like Liberace and Bob Hope and Lucille Ball and all these people. And so he sucked him in. And they're still together. And they're still together, Aww. but he's, you know, he's his slave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mike is oh. his indentured servant. So I mean, good. It's like, he's his baby boy. His yeah. baby boy. That's yeah. my baby. <laughs> no one's going to hurt my Michael. Oh, God. I'll kill him. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Scott, he is behind be the so candle. So if you come, you will get to meet the other Liberace. Oh, There's only one. There will never be another one except for Randall. That's I have so not amazing. seen him in years. I haven't seen die. him in years. You're gonna die. Ugh. I haven't seen anyone from the old from in, 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 in forever. I don't except see Except Brennan. Oh, Neil Brendan. Brennan. Yeah, Neil we Brennan. I saw, oh, no. I thought you meant Brendan Blinko. No, Is no. Brendan part of Singled Out too? Yeah. Uh, casting. Casting, casting, yeah. yeah. Do you see Cronin? Do you see Mark? I have not. I, I talked to Mark Cronin who now uh, runs this 
company called 51 Minds. A little teeny company. A little teeny company. <laughs> Mark Cronin was our first head writer, and then he left. You replaced Mark, right? No, he became executive producer. He became executive producer, and then you, you elevated. Yeah, and then Mark formed this company called 51 Minds, which produced... Everything. All, all of these, all the reality <laughs> shows of, on Rock of Love, Flavor Flav, Flavor like all the surreal. I love New York. They did my favorite shows too. ever. And so, uh, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And so, Mark, who's a totally sweet guy, like you know, just remembers like uh, looking at the internet, you know, the Google page, or whatever. It's like Fifty One Minds, you know, sells for two hundred million dollars. Like, you know, it's like it's a guy. I don't know. It's just it's always funny when it's someone that you're just like pals with, and all yeah. of a sudden you're like. That guy just made a hundred million dollars. Like I don't know, yeah, it's just yeah, crazy, yeah. but really, really, really sweet guy. That guy just Very sold sweet. his company to Legendary. What the fuck? All right, let's take it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, take it down. Um, take but, it uh, down a notch. Let's take it down. Let's take it down. Um, but uh, what? Anything else? Anything else? <laughs> no. When's the movie? I just don't want it to end. What it's a graceful no. dismount. No. It's not great. Hey, anything else? The movie's on uh, iTunes and VOD. Yes. You can go to SerialBuddies.com and uh, buy it there, or you can go to iTunes and download it. And then in August, it'll be available on VOD. So we're excited. Will you do me a favor? Will you please also park the uh, the domain Serial Buddies, as in cereal eating, and then just get Randall and Mike to just uh, feed <laughs> Eat each cereal. other cereal <laughs> just on that URL, just for anyone who More doesn't know blueberry. How to spell. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be amazing. That would be amazing, just for fun. Fun little Easter egg for people. Yeah. Um, this is really fun. The Thanks. hour flew by. I know. Has it been an hour? Crazy? Yeah. How long yeah. has it been, Jeez. Katie? 105. 105. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spike that. All right. Serialbuddies.com. Serialbuddies.com. AfterBuzzTV.com for TV fans. Are you, you're, are you, is it Maria Menunos on Twitter? At Maria Menunos, At yeah. Maria, yeah. Yeah. Anything else, honey? Wow! Chris, hey. How'd it go? Yay! <laughs> I hope I did an okay job. We'll do a more proper job. We'll, we'll do, do. We'll do. We'll do a properly. A really, a really yes, properly. We'll do a proper. Like a little fireplace and the two easy chairs. Oh nice! We'll have a box of Kleenex. Oh, and I'll, I'll replace some videos for you. To kind of give I it a dreamy look. I'm hesitant to say that I changed the face <laughs> of hosting Maria, but <laughs> I do remember at the time. It was... Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today. <laughs> 